All right, welcome to the first of its kind, world-changing manufacturers network. Lisa Ryan has her ears to the ground and her heart in the game. Get ongoing education and new connections right here with Lisa and the manufacturers network. Buckle your seat, listen, and spread the word. Here's Lisa. Hey, it's Lisa Ryan, and welcome to the Manufacturers Network podcast. I'm here today with Damon Pistolka. Damon is co-founder of Exit Your Way, where he focuses on identifying and executing opportunities for business owners to increase their business's value. Damon worked his way through college and earned a mechanical engineering degree. He started working in an injection molding company where he worked in technical and managerial roles, including designing, building, and operating facilities. Damon went out to manage businesses in the design and production of retail store fixtures, custom fabricated metal products, advanced aerospace components, and high-tech devices. Damon, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lisa. And that is quite a mouthful, and it makes me realize I have to rewrite that because it's too much, too much. Come on. It just shows I'm old. That's all that does. You know what? But it shows that you've been in and around the manufacturing business and that you've been working in that area, and, you know, that's who listens to the podcast. So, Well, that's good. I mean, I did did honestly, when I was in college, I I worked my way through college sweeping a floor in a tool room until they finally started letting me draft and do other things that I was getting closer to getting out of school. So I, I've been in manufacturing a long time. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So share with us a little bit about your journey. As a young man, what initially brought you into manufacturing and then what kept you there? You know, it was really, I, I don't know how the heck I got into manufacturing, but I grew up on a big farm, right? So we were, I mean, literally in one of the farms that you, you think of in the Dakotas, out in the middle of nowhere, where it was miles and miles i mean like i always tell people the nearest walmart is about 70 miles away (laughs) so so this is this is just to get that but so you're out there right and we have we thousands acres we're farming you have to understand how to fix things and all that and you just learn it's just kind of a assume fact that you're going to do that right you're going to know hands work with your hands and that kind of stuff so i get to college and and i'm like i really didn't know what to do and i ended up having a roommate that was in engineering and i was like Oh, that's pretty cool. You know, this is after my first semester of college. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And, you know, I started doing engineering. And the next thing you know, I was I was in mechanical engineering program. And then I was working for a manufacturer. And here I am many years later. Yeah. And it's it's been it was been fun. You know, I really enjoyed the technical part of it and and learning how things are done. And I still to this day am, am just enthralled by when I can walk through a manufacturing facility and see products being made and touch them when they're done and and just just feel them because it's so much fun to do that. And it really doesn't matter. I mean, I've been able to injection molding. We made all kinds of medical products and business products and and things that goes on doors and all this stuff that you just get involved in so many different places. And then being able as that helping those companies do that, I was able to go into I don't know how many plants where television plants and automotive plants and tools like black and decker type tools where they're making air compressors and hand tools and all this stuff that you just go, wow, that's how a drill's made, you know? And I right. see all that stuff and it was so much fun to do that. And then being able to, as I, as I was running companies for people, 
taking the knowledge from all the way back of how things get done and then applying that in the business setting has always been fun for me because when you can get a, a company working together so everyone everyone the people that are the the people that are designing or the people that are in the office and the people that are working on the product or handling the product all know what they're supposed to be doing and they're all working together and it's not we and them and all that kind of BS that goes on, you can achieve so much with, with not a lot of money and the ingenuity that you, you get when people work together, the diversity, bring people all together to, to solve problems is so much fun. It's yeah. so much fun. That's one of the things that I really loved about being in manufacturing when I was in the welding industry. Same thing. It's you get to see how everything's made because when you look around you, manu everything's been manufactured. Yeah. And when we think about manufacturing and these younger generations coming into the workplace, because they haven't had that same level of exposure, they don't necessarily know how cool and how passionate people can get about it. I mean, my manufacturing audiences are some of the most passionate people on the planet about what they do. But when it so when it comes to changing that conversation, because you yeah. know that there's lots of manufacturers out there who have been doing it the same way for 40 years, same equipment that yeah. they've had in the plant. And this is not how we attract the new generation. So you and I are going to talk about ways that you've seen you know, your clients and how you've helped people as far as little things that we can do to start to modernize manufacturing for today and for the future. So what are you seeing and how are you helping your clients progress and, and change things? That's a great question. When I when I talk about modernizing manufacturing, I, I don't even pretend to know how to do it in the in the manufacturing floor anymore. I mean, and I think that is something that manufacturers are very good at, right? You, if you're in business today, you're not a sloppy manufacturer anymore. You've been out of business a long time. Even if you're an OEM manufacturer, you got to get good at least producing that product and efficiently enough to support yourself. So when it comes to the, the manufacturing floor, I think there's two things we're selling ourselves short on. So let's let's back up to the, the beginning of your question. Modernizing manufacturing to me is really about digital transformation. Yeah. And and it's it's not because I think everyone should be using digital marketing. I think you should be to some extent, but it's not only that. It's it's the fact that understanding the generational transformation that we're we've um, we're going through and we're we're getting into this quite a ways down the road and really understanding that and what does it mean for our workforce what does it mean for our customer base and that's where i really talk with more of the clients that i'm working with is really understanding your customer base and how it's changed over the last 10 years because in manufacturing and and some of the other industries we work with that are closely related it traditionally was Damon's going to be out. Damon's a salesman for a manufacturer. He's out meeting with customers. That's what we do. That's how we sell. Yeah, we got a website. You can get our phone number off that. That might have literally been all it was, or it's an equipment list or something like that. We got some pictures of product, whatever it is. And that's really the length of the the breadth of the way the digital format was. And, and that's the sales process, right? I have x many salespeople or manufacturers reps or distributors or however the heck i'm selling my product that's the way i did it 
Well, fast forward to today. We've been going through the last, how many years we've been talking about baby boomers retiring? I mean, heck, it started 10 years ago already, right? right. And we're rolling through that. And now it's really hitting. I mean, because when you look at manufacturing and you go, okay, we've got the double whammy in 2021 because we got the, the big job shift that people are talking about, people leaving because it's such an employer's market going wherever they want. And you got people retiring at a faster rate than they have before because they sat through the, the 2008 and nine, the baby boomers did when the, the real estate went to hell and then stayed through that. And then we hit, hit COVID in 2020 and, and some people were kind of hung on. And now when people are getting past this, we're going to have even, even more. But the underlying change that's happened that people don't focus on a lot in manufacturing is the average age of the buying population is not going up anymore. It's going down significantly. Huh. And when you think about that, both on the buying population and the employees, these people all grew up with Google. And most of them grew up with a cell phone in their hand. How are they going to know if they want to come and work for your company? They're going to look up your website. And they're going to be concerned about things that people in my generation never really, I mean, we care about, but we didn't really focus on. What's your community involvement? What's your larger purpose? How do you treat your employees? What kind of things are you going to do for me that helps me as a person? And, and this is like totally foreign. I mean, think about right. when you were working in manufacturing, how much time was spent on that? Yeah, none. And what you just said, too, with the cell phone, it's like not only are we looking at ways to add apps because the guys are out in the field or they're on the shop yep. floor and they can look up a short video, but even they're checking you out on YouTube. So who do you have that you just maybe took your phone and said, hey, what do you like about working here or showing a process? Yeah. I love on, on LinkedIn and on YouTube where you just have these little short videos on how things are made. Because if I'm a prospective candidate thinking about going into manufacturing, I'm like, wow, I can do that because you're making it look exciting and you're showing them what they can be a part of versus just like you said, the old website with the phone number and an equipment list. I see that. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> done. Yeah. And, and I think that's the real change that's happening now in, in manufacturing that we all need to be aware of and be, be changing to accommodate is our people that are coming to work for us now are the cell phone generation. They want to know what the company's going to do for them and they also want to know what you expect from them as a company. So, so they know. I don't really think that millennials or the next generation beyond it, forget me, I, I don't, I don't Gen remember. Z. Gen Z, <laughs> there we go. I don't really know exactly what they, they want, but they want to be, they want a sense of involvement and one of the kind of things. And I don't necessarily think that they don't want to work. I just think they want to clearly need to know that, hey, I'm going to get this if I do that. And that's not different. I mean, that's no different than when we grew up. We just needed to know. We just weren't as concerned about maybe the environment or the community and, and the, the overall good that a company's doing. That, that's a, a bit more, I think, now. But it, it, you really have to be clear on that. And you have to, be, and you have to be, know that you're competitive because now people can go and they can check out different companies much easier again because – information at their fingertips in the right. 80s when you were looking to find a job or the 90s you're looking to find a job 
how the heck did you know what the, the benefits were at a company before? We didn't have a place like Glassdoor where people can get on Glassdoor and most of the manufacturers that are listening probably don't even know what it is, but I'll tell you, go look at your company, look at Glassdoor, because if you had bad employee experiences, it's probably on there and you don't even know about it. And yeah. your, your, your Gen Z and millennials, they're looking at that before they come to work with you. I, I'm I mean, saying I, like, yeah, I'm saying like, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, I know yeah. you may be driving, listening to this or something, but yeah. write that down. Glassdoor.com. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is the place. Cause I've come, I've gone to clients and I, I've started to work with them. I looked at their glass door and they goes, what's the last door? It doesn't matter. And it said, and they said, well, you know, you got a bad, you got a bad couple bad reviews on glass door or some negative comments here. Well, that what's that matter? You know, and yeah, years ago, it wouldn't matter, right? It wouldn't matter because that wasn't, we don't understand those things. But just like when you're trying to, to sell something today, we have to put ourselves in the shoes of that person and make ourselves attractive to that person. That right. person is different than we are. Well, and those negative reviews, they can actually be offset if that company actually comments and says, we understand or we're seeing and, and you're showing that you're paying attention to those. A bad review is not going to kill you because no. we all know that grumpy people leave companies. It's not that yeah. big of a deal, but it's in conveying that are you a company that people want to work for? Because I agree with you, millennials, Gen Z, they want to work. What we need to do is make that, give them opportunities so that they want to work for you. Hundred percent. You you said it much better than I could, and and that and that's really the point. And when you look at modernizing your manufacturing, and again, we're not talking about out in the shop or whatever you're making and that kind of stuff. This is about modernizing you to be attractive to employees, modernizing you to be attractive to customers. Because when we look at the customer side of it too, look at these customers that we're, we're, we're selling to. I don't care if you're selling, you're, you're a tier one supplier and you're trying to win contracts with just name a big company, right? Uh, the average age of the person that you're selling to is probably... 35 to 45, uh -huh. right? Those people grew up with a cell phone in their hand. They're using Amazon way more than the 50 plus year old person is. And they expect to do business kind of that way, right? They expect that your business is, is doing a lot more than the old, okay, the, the system's going to send you the POs and, and it'll show up when it's supposed to, blah, 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 blah. You know, they want to be able to look you up online. They want to be able to see what's going on with you. They want to really feel a part of your business and understand how you are a part of their business and how you are a part of helping them. And that takes a different approach. It's not a salesman talking to them once every quarter or whatever it is to check in or, or them having a good account rep at, at the other end that's taking that order. It's about they you sending them some, some valuable information on the products you use or ways that they could improve in some other area of their business or how you can make their life better with your solutions or just keeping them informed on industry news. And like you said, the the same kind of approach for people that are buying from you now or going to buy from you in the future, you have to be producing stuff on, on YouTube. You have to be putting some sort of content out in a blog or, or once in a while or 
periodically sending an email of good information out to to your customer base or potential customer base, it's not an option anymore. Right. And when you're doing things for the community, you had mentioned that earlier about how are you showing up, giving back to the community? What is your mission? How are you making a difference? That's important to today's buyers too. So if you're doing something, some people are like, well, I don't want to toot my own horn. I want to be anonymous. I want to just do good. But it's in that sharing of what you're doing in a genuine, authentic way, that this is how we're making a difference to make that buyer be proud of the fact that they're doing business with you or with an organization like yours. The point you make about not wanting to toot your own horn and all that, there there are ways to do this and, and be very subdued about the fact that you're doing it right you can just because you can sponsor a great charity event or you can you know your workforce can go out and work for a week on some great project it's not about tooting your own horn it's about helping the community focus Mm -hmm. on on the the what you're helping not on you and it won't look like you're tooting your own horn it looks like you are so grateful that that your customers allow you because we do good work and our, we have great customers. It allows us to do this for our community. And and, it, and then you're not tooting your own horn. You're just showing people how you really want to be able to use the benefits of, of the business relationship to help more people. And like you said, the buyers want to see that because they feel a part of it, right? If your customer can feel a part of you helping the community, that's even better. Yeah. Because what differentiates you? You're competing with somebody down the street who's making exactly the same thing you are. Okay, well, maybe I know it's a different quality, blah, blah, blah. But it's still what differentiates you. And having those roles, being seen in the community, really taking into account who's buying from you instead of just that product that you've all, well, we've always sold it this way. Yeah, look at the difference in retail, right? You have the behemoths like the Walmart or the Kroger or the the big the big store chains, right? Could be the the Albertsons or whatever the grocery stores. Why is a Trader Joe's or, or a Whole Foods or something like that popular? It's it's a much different market that we're working in. That's mm-hmm. a that's a younger market that shops in those, and they and they're very loyal to those brands because they have maybe a little more community feel to them or something like that, and and just interchange the brands with this. You can see it all over what you're doing and and what you're buying. People want to know that they're buying from somebody that is not just in it for the buck. They're in it to help more than you know help the community of the world at large as well. Right. And I think that's such a good point of focusing on the buyers, because a lot of times on this podcast, we talk about the employees and the younger generations and attracting and retaining the employees you have with that different mindset, because, you know, younger people who grew up with the cell phone think differently. And this adds such a different perspective, because now we're taking it even further into the whole atmosphere of our business of not only considering those same technology challenges and apps and videos and everything to attract and retain employees, but also looking at that world of people who are buying from you. So such a great way of looking at it. Yeah, it's, it's you know, you have to put your customers 
and your employees in your story with you. It, because if they're not in it with you, then you're really competing for airtime. But when you can show your your customers how they're helping you to do good in the world, and yes, you're going to make the quality, on-time delivery, pricing, all that stuff is old news. If you're if you're sitting there on your website and you're saying, "Hey, we produce the highest quality at the the lowest price as possible," blah blah blah. Uh -huh. There's 14 million other sites that do the same damn thing. So listen, it's uh, you know, it's it's not worth your time to put that on there. Put why you're right. different. Exactly. We, 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 we treat people this way. We do this in our community. I was talking to Matt Goosey from MRS Machining on, on my Face is a Business podcast last week. Matt does something where he shares he shares 40% of his profits back with his employees every year. Because he wow. I mean, now you go... You, how many places do that and how much of a community impact is that? And how much, how much, if, if I was trying to recruit employees, how exactly. much, how big of a deal, how much does that show that he really cares about the employees? Right. It just, things like this that are amazing. Yeah. You still have to make great parts on time, but those differentiators that you have are probably not inside the manufacturing floor anymore as much as they are about how you do business. Right. So if it came down to your best tip to some, because we've covered a lot of ground today when it comes to modernizing, not the equipment, but modernizing the whole feel of manufacturing and the buyers and the employees, what would you say would be a great step for somebody to get started? I think it's really putting themselves in, in place, in the place of an employee and looking at your company from that perspective, go have a have a twenty something year old person look at your company, and that you, and and just say, what do you think when you look at our website if you are coming to work here? Or have them look at, or have someone that's a little older look at the same thing from buying from you. Look at your website. Look at all your social media. Look at all your marketing materials. Whatever you've got put together. And say, what does it, how does it make you feel? Uh -huh. Because that is the real, those are the real people that matter. It doesn't matter if your branding people or your salespeople think this is the coolest flyer ever, or I'm the best salesperson ever. It's what your, your audience thinks, right? What the, what the people that are actually going to make a decision based on what you've got there. That's who, who matters. Put yourself in their position. And really honestly look at your stuff and change it. Right. And so easy to do. Just find somebody to really secret shop you. Another thing that kind of popped into my mind, too, is go through the process of somebody trying to apply at your company. Somebody 100%. going through your website and, and go through that. Call your company incognito and see yep. how's the phone answered? How are you treated? All of these different things and and be prepared for the real story of, yeah. of what's really going on in your company. Yeah. yeah. If you've got, if you've got a great customer that you've done business with uh, or just started doing business with, right. Ask them, ask them yep. what's good and tell me straight up what's bad. Yep. What are we not doing right? What is the, what are the top three things I could do 
to make what we do for you even better. And, and it, I'll, I'll guarantee you, it's not going to be around the components you produce or the price. It's around something that you're not communicating well enough. You could do something better on your website. You could, there's, these are the kind of things that, that we really, really, really need to focus on because we have to make it more convenient and more attractive for people to do, to work for us or do business with us. Right. Well, Damon, as we get to the end of our time together, tell us a little bit about how, what you do when you work with your clients and what's the best way for people to get in touch with you. Thanks, Lisa. We work with clients that are, that are typically within about five years of some sort of exit from their company. And what, what we do specifically is we help owners of the companies prepare their company for that sale or succession, whatever they're going to do, if they're going to sell their company or succeed it. Because most people don't realize that only about 25% of companies get sold and only about 40% of businesses ever make it to the second generation. And then it's 13% to the third. So what that means is there's a lot of preparation and changes that need to take place to successfully sell, sell or succeed a business. And we're that guide. We're alongside the owner. We're saying, we've been here. We've done this before. Listen, if you're going to sell your company, you can make millions of dollars at yourself. But if you're the value in the company, you can't do that. Other people won't buy it. If you have all your com all your eggs are in one basket, one customer, it's going to be harder to sell your company. There's just different things that we have to work on, making them attractive and valuable to the next person, whether that's a buyer or that's a family member that's going to take the business over for you. And that's what we do. Our process is typically a couple of years and close to a couple of years by the time we're done with it. But we, you know, from that 25 or 40 percent number of selling or succeeding, we're well over 95 percent when we do it. So, wow. And, and, and usually we were doubling or more the value of the business by the time they do it. So it's it's a lot of fun. It's something that I used to do when we were working, when I even ran companies for private equity owners. I just enjoy doing it uh, with our company and the people we work with and uh, internally and externally because we're we're impacting people's lives by doing it. And how do people get a hold of you? You know, Damon Postolka. First of all, I don't think there's another person with my name in the world. So that's pretty easy. If you can if you can do that, LinkedIn is good. And if you want to do email, it's just Damon, D-A-M-O-N, at ExitYourWay.com. Awesome. Well, Damon, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Thanks so much for being with me. Thanks, Lisa. You're very welcome. I'm Lisa Ryan, and this is the Manufacturers Network Podcast. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Hey, do me a favor. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Also, feel free to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can grow the network and connect more fantastic folks just like you. You can either go to the website at manufacturers-network.com or share the podcast on your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you and your industry friends hang out. The bigger and faster we grow this network, the stronger and deeper community we will have. I appreciate you. Thank you.